Welcome to the Building Better Businesses podcast, where we talk mindset, marketing, and business building strategies. I'm your host, Shakina Johnson, and this is the podcast for those wanting to start their entrepreneurial journey and create a business and lifestyle they love. You can find detailed show notes on jsrvision.com. The notes include a summary of today's session, along with any links to resources mentioned in the show. Now, today I'm here with Jason Rayner. He is a self-published author and the owner of 105 Publishing. So welcome, Jason, and thank you for being a part of today's show. Thank you for having me. All right, great. Can you um, tell us a little bit about your business and how long you've had it? So um, initially, this started with the uh, book. The title of my book is um, called I Used to Be Racist, and it talks about how growing up in New York City during 9-11, how I developed an immense hatred towards anyone that represented Middle Eastern culture after 9-11 happened. Uh, The Twin Towers were my favorite buildings growing up in New York, and so that was very devastating to me only at the age of 10. Um, And so I spent a total of 13 years overcoming that hatred, um, and I finally did when I moved to Ohio and, and dealt with racism for the first time myself. Um, so that's kind of a brief um, uh, breakdown of what my book is about. Um, now, as far as the company is concerned, I was one of those authors where the goal was to just get published. I just wanted to go to whatever company would make it happen for me. And so I found a company, didn't really read the contract through, but I was just excited because I was done with my book and I wanted to come out. Make a long story short, that company uh, didn't, they had their own agenda with how they want to do things. My book was getting sold to places in Turkey and in Germany and and I was asking, well, how am I ever going to see the profits uh, of those sales? And they're like, well, no, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's, it's all right. I just didn't really like the sound of that. So with a little bit of help and some energy, I got out of that contract. And that's when I started 105 Publishing. 105 Publishing is meant to, uh, I always like to word it like this, 105 Publishing is meant to take the F and the U out of the contracting. (laughs) Um, I truly believe that whenever you're reading a contract, especially when it has all these verbiages in it, best believe that there's an F and a U in that contract. And so 105 Publishing, whoever works with me, um, you know, I want them to know this is your product. This is not my book. If you don't want 105 publishing somewhere on it, it doesn't have to be on there. It, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like what I promised you in the beginning is what you're getting and there's no hidden agenda. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you for that. Um, now the title, we're going to circle back, but the, um, the title to your book itself is interesting. And so we'll, <laughs> we got to have another interview about that at some point if you're up to right. it. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um again so you've had immense uh, struggle just trying to get your business up and running um based off of the lessons that you've learned they were all hardcore lessons right and Correct. so can you share with the audience how some of those struggles that you had to overcome just you know you're you just figured out that the company that you were signing with weren't the people they say they were they didn't do what they were going to do um and there was just a lot of misconception, misinformation, and like really 
bad, like there was no trust between you two. So how do you go from that and feeling the way that you felt into creating 105 Publishing? So, you know, I, one of the things that um, I remember is when I found out that, you know, yeah, the book is yours, but not really because the ISBN number is actually in the company's name. It's not in mm-hmm. your name. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I actually remember when I found that out, I was in Orlando um, because my wife's family is from the Orlando area. And I had sent the contract I had signed with someone who I, I had met at a book event. And they said, yeah, this is one of those typical, typical contracts. Unfortunately, um, you know, this is not 100% your book. Um, they do own the distribution rights to your book. And so, yes, they told you you can purchase from them and you can sell it at book events. But that's why when you asked, well, how is my book? You know how it works with foreign currency. It's like $16,000. But it's not really 16000 It's 16000 in their currency. And you ask simple questions and they can't answer it. It's because that's how they get over on people all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, in my case, and regardless, this is a lot of money. All in all, um, with that particular company, I think they took about 5000 total from me. Um, It could have been a lot worse. Mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. So it was a $5,000 lesson. (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately uh, yeah yeah I, I i think my my biggest thing to authors is take your time um don't be just because your product is done doesn't mean that you can just jump into whatever opportunity opens itself up um that's why even when you look at sports for example when they've been in the game for a while the first team that opens up to them they don't just jump on it because they got an offer Right. Mm -hmm, right. They weigh their options out. So always have options when you jump into this realm or whatever business realm that you jump into. Yeah. And and the big key here that um, you're alluding to, it seems ownership. Right. So for those just starting out, I know there's always the want to um, partner and there's nothing wrong with partnership. Don't get me. Don't don't misunderstand me. But um, it's some things, ownership is something that you need. You need to own like your website. You need to own your services, your, your business itself. And so you created this entity where this is yours, right? People can't take that away from you. Right. Um, and it goes the same with like new and struggling business owners who were just trying to create something of their own um, yeah. to basically just stay the course. And it was hard. You know, you unfortunately had a $5,000 hardship, uh, a right. lesson to be learned. but. Uh, even like despite all of that, you were still able to come out on top and create this publishing company um, to help other people like yourself not go through the same thing. <laughs> so, right. you know, it, it's definitely worth, um, you know, it's still part of the journey, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so tell me a little bit about how, I don't know, like finding your clients, finding additional authors for your, your company has been going. So I, I tend to get, um, and as a matter of fact, I always tell people to make sure you shop around. Like it, it is pretty simple um, the, way, the way that I do things. So mm-hmm. one, I do offer to proofread. Um, after I proofread, I then 
uh, talk about um, design and all that. And I don't even really charge per se to, um, it's, it's all included in the price, but with everything that, that I offer, you'll find that a lot of companies do charge individually for this. If you want to proofread is this, if you want me to uh, recommend a printer that's going to print it for you is that, if you want this. And so, like, even, for example, for the design, I tell people go on Fiverr. Have you ever heard of, uh, it's uh, spelled F-I-V-E-R-R? Yes, use them you've all heard? the time. Yep. Yeah, I was about to say, I tell people just go on that. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. not going to knock, you know, I, <laughs> there, there's some people where they knock you over the head and say, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll uh, just, just pay me uh, $30 and I'll do it. Then they go on Fiverr and they pay that dude like $10. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> Definitely a site worth, um, you know, going to if you're you're short on cash or just want something done. You know, absolutely. you can delegate any sort of task. There, you know, there's some gems in there. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, um, so then after the after that, um, you know, once you once I I proofread it, give some suggestions. Once you get your cover, then we talk about you know who I recommend you print your book through. Um, so I am, I, I will say I've had the company only since about the middle of January. And so I'm still going through the ropes myself. Like I talk to people a lot, but it's, it's more mm -hmm. of getting consistent clients, um, that I'm still, uh, working towards. Okay. Um, but in any event, um, yeah, I just, and, and maybe, I don't know, some people are really aggressive and they make a lot, a lot of money, but mm -hmm. I know, I know I don't like being talked to like that. Yeah. And so I want customers to feel as though they have a choice mm -hmm. um, because the company I went through, it, 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 it's like you ever see someone who like they give you the image like mm -hmm. you have the choice and it's not really that they're really trying to take control of the situation. Yeah. I just, I just, I just don't like that. No, so like yeah. understanding that you're, you're relatively new, um, like you said, middle of January and you're still searching right. for clients. So you're, you're, I say struggle is new, but everybody's going to go through similar struggles or struggles mm -hmm. at some point in starting their business. But um, your search for finding clients has just begun. Have you found anything in particular that uh, stands out like uh, your major struggle here? Some people's visibility, some people is just having a conversation or just going, trying to figure out how to approach clients. What have you found to be particularly um, standing out to you at this at this moment people thinking that their book is going to be the next and biggest <laughs> new york times bestseller yeah there's that <laughs> um because even with my book now don't get me wrong I, I i do have a ted talk that's scheduled north of chicago congrats uh thank you thank you um that was canceled obviously for this because mm -hmm. this coronavirus can't be more than like what 10 people in the same area yeah. um but in any event um so i'm trying to think where i was trying to go with that oh okay <laughs> so as as far as building like the the clients i always try to see where their head is at so i thought that i was going to have the best selling book it was going to be all over the place i even mailed a damn thing to the president <laughs> okay. um because i thought a title like i used to be racist would probably be interested to the guy but 
haven't heard anything back yet. Never know. Mm-hmm. But in any event, um, has your search for um, finding clients for your publishing gone? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, is it been particularly hard to find them or? Yeah. And that's where I was going with that. When I get people who are like, oh, this is going to be amazing. This time, and the third. Mm-hmm. And, and the moment I get like a snippet of their book, it, you know, it, it's like, okay, but even if it's a fiction book, mm-hmm. like, like Harry Potter did something for people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, even though I didn't like any of the Harry Potters, I only read like uh, half of the first one, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't feeling it. But um, Harry Potter did something for people. So it's like, what is your book doing for people? Is it is it causing them to escape their current situation and actually be in a world where everything is just enjoyable? Like, there are people who literally read books for that reason, to escape mm-hmm. Um, so is your book doing that? And sometimes the book is not doing that. It's, it's just based off of like, they may be a fan of Stephen King. So they just want to go off of Stephen King's rhythm. But is that really your rhythm or, mm-hmm. or just, you know what I mean? That's a struggle I have, uh, okay. trying to be realistic with people. Okay. So being realistic with people, but it's also like telling them the truth, right? Correct. So it's. Not every book is a bestseller, um, and there there are those writers out there that just need to write for the sake of writing. There are others out there who need to have a message, right? There are others out there who just just have to say something, and it could be prolific, it could be anything, it could be mundane, but they have to write. And so, you know, it's it's interesting that you know the people that you want to come across are going to you're going to be dealing with many facets of personalities, <laughs> characteristics, mm-hmm. um, you know, honesty in dealing with them and their book and their story um, is going to be challenging. Um, and, and I guess the lesson in there too is just being realistic with who you are as a, a person mm-hmm. and a writer, really. Um, and just being honest with yourself, you know, it may not be yep. a bestseller, but you know, it might have potential for other things, but you know, still keep writing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I think, um, and, and you know, and that, that was my struggle initially. Uh, but when I go all over, you know, when you get even a few people mm-hmm. who your book really changed the way they thought about things, or you get people who come up to you and they actually get emotional because your book reminds them of something that they've gone through in yes. their life. Mm-hmm. Like just those few, you know what I mean? Like, like just, just those few faces that I can remember, just, just make it all worthwhile. No, here's a question. Do you recommend uh, for those writers, authors just starting out um, to do this full time? Should they have a backup plan? Um, Cause you know, there's, there's that old age, old adage that says, you know, writers are poor, right? <laughs> Much like college right. students. But um, it's, there's still that mentality of, you know, they don't really make that much money. So is there realistically an option for them um, besides being like self-published and whatnot? So I think, yeah, absolutely. I think if you want to try to get traditionally published from one of those bigger publishers, I think all that's perfectly fine. Um, as far as the income is concerned, you know, you always still want to have some sort of income in order to fund, you know, what you're doing. Um, I know that uh, uh, Steve Harvey, uh, his story is so funny to me. 
because he won like $50 at a comedy show and was yeah. like, I quit. He was I like, I quit, that. right? Mm -hmm. And if you, one of the times when I watched a video of him telling that story, he was like, I don't recommend that you do that because he had to live in his car for like three years. Yeah. And so, you know, when you get these people who are like, oh, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna do that. No, first of all, we need income to fund this book, right? Yeah. Or to fund your product in general, you need income. Okay. So, um, you know, one of my incomes is I also sell life insurance, right? So like the commissions on that, when I do that, um, then goes towards the book or, I'm also a trauma-informed approaches instructor. So not only do I talk about my book, but I teach people how to not only recognize other people's traumas, but recognize their own traumas. And I get contracted from different schools, mainly in the Detroit area, to teach that. And I get paid for that. And a portion of that money goes towards my book. So you know what I mean? So there's like, there's ways to branch off. Um right. You know what I mean? Like, just, just make sure you're being good with your money, good with your finances, and don't just give it all away thinking that someone's going to, you know, do it all for you, kind of like how I did. Yeah, and it actually transitions nicely into that, what you just spoke of about being a speaker, right? Um, mm -hmm. It says you're a change speaker. So let's, let's explore that for a moment. Um, just tell us what that is for the moment. So I used to say motivational speaker until I started realizing that that term is used and abused. Um, and so I, I was really thinking about, you know, what's a better title? And I love it when I talk to somebody and you bring up a different idea or, or a different method of doing something. And literally in that moment, they're a completely changed person. Mm -hmm. Like just in that individual moment, they have completely changed. And so I said, huh a change speaker. I actually like that a lot better than motivational speaker. The goal is to get people to think outside the box and be comfortable enough to combat demons that they believe are a problem when they really aren't. Um, in my case, you know, I thought that anyone who represented Middle Eastern culture was a terrorist and that they were all anti-American um, uh, and that they couldn't be trusted, right? And it wasn't until I dove into my own fears by having a conversation with someone from Saudi Arabia my senior year of college that I then explored this fear that I, that I believed to be true. So the goal is to change not everyone, because you can't do that, but to, if I can at least get one person in the room to be like, wow, like your whole speech and your your book, it just literally made me think completely differently. It made me realize how ignorant I am. That's my goal. So that's that's why I used change speaker instead of motivational. Understood. How did you get started in speaking? So I, I guess I've always kind of spoke. Um, uh, in high school, I and even before that, actually, I used to do poetry. Um, uh, I used to rap for fun. Who, who in New York City doesn't rap? <laughs> right. Um, but um, and then it, it transferred in college, and then like um, little things like uh, presentations, like in class, like people would look forward to my presentations because I would always add something different 
Um, and then from that, it later on just transitioned into getting certified in certain things so that I can speak to people um, and train them, whether it's CPR or it's, uh, like I said, trauma-informed approaches or whether it's um, uh, defensive tactics of how to defend yourself from an aggressor. I teach a lot of things. And so then that transitioned from the book to then speaking about the book. Um, so it, it kind of built mm-hmm. over the years. Okay. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like you have a varied background and a lot of interest from yeah. writing, reading, uh, well, yeah, reading um, and speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have this company, which is, I think is just absolutely wonderful that you were able to start it based mm-hmm. off of, um, you know, this necessity that you had. Yeah. Not being able, not wanting to really rely on somebody else and go through the same similar, like same trials that you went through before. Right. And now you're able to, you know, expand. I think that's, that's just amazing concept because a lot of business owners and people just getting started are going through similar troubles. So mm-hmm. do you, Rick, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, uh, and I just, I just always think like, think Les Brown brought up somebody, uh, one time, uh, I believe the lady's mother died and she went to go bring her mother flowers one day and she (laughs) saw Mm -hmm. that um, everyone else's flowers were just either they didn't have flowers or their flowers looked terrible. And so she started a business primarily selling flowers to people, you know, for, to to go visit their loved ones Mm -hmm. uh, at a a cemetery. And that was her main income. So it's it's interesting how when you go through something, somehow you find a way to not only make money, but then to help other people as well. Yeah, it's interesting that um, many people aren't aware, like everybody has their own journey they have to follow through, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, what happens to you today is a lesson learned for tomorrow, right? And Every trial and tribulation and challenge and issue and problem and anything that are considered bumps in the road or mountains to climb is, is something that needs to be overcome and something that you need to learn. Um, mm-hmm. And you've learned that lesson pretty well in that you started your own company, right? right. <laughs> and, and, and you're doing it. And, you know, for those that have gone through something similar, for those that are having issues or just can't see where they need to be right there's a journey for everybody that mm-hmm. we may not see it you know we would like instructions but we don't get those instructions right, right. <laughs> we just kind of have to go with the flow and just kind of do the best that we can given what we have yep. um but i you know i do like the fact that you know it, you just made something um the greatest entrepreneurs and business owners come from necessity and change and diversity and controversy, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you mentioned Les Brown, you've mentioned Steve Harvey. Is there anybody else that has given you um, encouragement or empowerment to like move forward with all things you and business? <laughs> um, Jim Rohn. Yes. yes. Um, is probably... Trying to think of everybody I listen to, Eric Thomas. Um, Et hip hop preacher. Yeah. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, I listen to a lot of, 
uh, I feel terrible for forgetting his name. It was actually Jim Rohn's mentor, uh, mentor um, Mr. Earl Shelf. Um, mm. And then uh, Napoleon Hill. Like, I, I find it fascinating that the things that they were saying back in the 40s, 50s, 60s mm-hmm. still apply today. Yes. Like they, like they really, like, you know, my, my favorite quote that, that I um, live by every single day is, and this is actually Steve Harvey's quote. He said, mm-hmm. your real life is in your imagination. Like that is so powerful to me because so many people think about themselves in a different predicament than they currently are. And then when they open their eyes, they don't think that they could ever get there. But when you actually believe that that is the life you're supposed to be living, you'll do anything to get to that point. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, And this is a little off topic, but I was just having a conversation with a, a colleague of mine and we were talking about the many faces that everyone wears each day. Like you're a different person at work, you're a different person at home, you're a different person when you're alone. And you know, those many, those those faces that we wear each day brings out, or is a part of us, right? Um, right. Not necessarily 100% us, but the people, the, the show that we put on for everybody else. And mm. until we can peel off those, those faces, um, far enough to understand who we are as a person, we can't really go where we need to be, right? Right. So right. it's it is knowing who you are as a person that really pushes that momentum towards where you need to be. For you, um, just guessing here, but for you, it, it there was a defining moment in your journey where you were like, "I'm I'm not doing this again." right? <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm not doing this. And, and the face that you had on before was one of like, I'm going to try this. I'm, I'm going to try this. I'm going to be, you know, as, as professional and as, you know, whatever. Your right. face to that particular publisher was, please help me. Right. Then you put on a different face to, or you peeled it off really. And you were like, no, I'm going to help myself. Right. And right. that became 100% you, it seems like. And it, it's interesting. So I, I, do, I do find that very fascinating. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, like most people, they create uh, things based on some sort of pain or hardship that they have had. Mm-hmm. That's like the, literally the, the best type of entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, it wasn't Eric Thomas uh, homeless, you know, trash mm-hmm. cans, mm-hmm. right? And Plus so Brown, born at the he, bottom of a <laughs> floor, right? Day, right? Yeah. Right. And he, I, I think his wife says something like, I, "I ain't gonna marry someone with who don't have no degree, who don't mm-hmm. have no high, no GED," mm-hmm. and that pushed him to do other things. So. I don't think that, um, and I actually heard somebody say this. This is so terrible. Sometimes people take that and turn it into something it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're like, it's like they think to themselves, well, if I had something like that happen to me, that would motivate me more to do something. And it's like, no, you don't that's wait for it, it to happen. <laughs> that's not how that works. Like, no, no, that's not. <laughs> That's not how that works. Um, 
So, in any event, uh, yeah, people, yeah, I, it's 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 so necessary to to motivate yourself and also realize that you are your own enemy and that whoever says whatever outside, um, it it really doesn't matter. Once once you can, uh, once you conquer the enemy within, the mm-hmm. enemy outside can do you no harm. Yeah, and interesting enough, um, <laughs> I was talking to someone else about a similar concept, right? Um, and it was about just knowing who you are 100%, right? Mm-hmm. And because if you can't do that, right, then you're stuck. You, you're just right. stuck. There's really nothing. You're stuck in this ever-perpetual cycle of like self-doubt, um, mm-hmm. crushing like mental everything. It's, it's really interesting how we really, I'm having, I can't speak today, but it <laughs> leaves you in a position of just being stuck in a cycle um, that you can't get out yeah. of. Um, yeah. And it all depends on how you think about things. Your mindset is like a really yeah. big change in what you do. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you, you've taken it to a different level where you, you are no longer, please help me, in that aspect too, I'm doing this myself. Yeah. Um, and there's a time to, you know, learn how to do things on your own. And there's a time when you've reached a certain level where you can say, you know what, this, this is not what I, I am at best. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to either delegate it or have somebody else do this for me. But right. the lesson has already been learned at that point. Right. But um, I want to circle back to, um, motivation so can you can you share with us some of your top favorite books or motivational factors for the audience um the book that sparked everything was rich dad poor dad that's actually what started everything Mm -hmm. uh i'm not sure if you ever read that book but in the beginning he's talking about both of his dads and i'm thinking to myself okay well the guy who's has no degree or anything like that is obviously the poor dad and the guy who has the degrees and mm-hmm. the, the high up job is obviously the rich dad and he switched it up mm-hmm. so it was like i always thought to myself no if you're going to be rich you need to be driving a bentley you need to be driving a mercedes you need to be doing and i cannot begin to tell you how many millionaires i have met who they aren't driving any of that Mm-hmm. Right. So rich dad, poor dad really started it. Um, then the richest man in Babylon, think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I got, had a little bit of Dave Ramsey in there just for financial <laughs> yeah. aspects. Yeah. Um, but no, a lot of those motivational speakers that I, that I told you I actually create a playlist called, um, I have so many playlists, but the one, the one that I listen to the most is, get out of here so the reason why i call it that is because every single time i have to clock in to mm-hmm. a job mm-hmm. i just remember get out of here like you're doing everything you can so you can get out <laughs> love the title love it <laughs> so, <laughs> so every everybody in there would would in my youtube playlist would consist of all those people i was just telling you about so that's 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 how I I think people need to listen to something motivational minimum an hour a day 
Agreed. And that is minimum. Because <laughs> I do way more than that, but I think yeah. minimum, because think about it. Two of those videos that we were talking about, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, mm-hmm. you get one of those like speeches. They're like an hour long. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So if, if you you got to be able to do at least one of those videos yeah. a day. I used to, um, again, getting sidetracked here. I used to, um, when I was working my nine to five, I would put motivational like videos or audio on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing motivates you more than trying to get out of someplace you don't want to be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, put on those motivational videos, Les Brown, and all the, all the speakers that you've mentioned I've listened to, right? Mm-hmm. And all those books that you've mentioned I've read. And people, I remember... In, in the earlier start of my career, people used to think, or I had people say to me that, you know, doing that, reading those books and um, listening to those videos, there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. We right. are so inundated with so many negative thoughts yep. and media. How are you supposed to overcome that if you can't right. do it yourself, right? Yep. It, you know, take a moment, like, you know, Jason has said, and at minimum an hour, reprogram your brain, <laughs> reprogram, in, in, intersect your thoughts, just stop them. The moment you're having a bad thought to say, wait, wait, and you can't say you can't do it because you can, right? Um, right. But that's perfect. Yeah, people, you know, I, I've actually had someone walk to my office one time and they were like, why are you listening to that? And I'm like, I mean, you know, I said, it just, it just helps me out. Yeah, and he's like, why don't you? He said, like, why don't you just read the Bible or something? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that <laughs> because I, I mean, I you know, I do me and you do you, so whatever <laughs> works, it's fine. It's, a diff- it's different motivational factors for everybody, right? Um, right. You know, not everybody is Christian, and that's that's not a problem either. But mm-hmm. not everybody reads the Bible, not everybody reads the Quran, and everybody reads you know the Torah. No, it, it's different things for different people. Um, right. And so if reading or listening to those books motivates you and gets you in the mindset of doing better for yourself, I don't see how that's a bad thing. Um, yeah. But listen, <laughs> this has been perfect. Um, can you, two things here. I, I, could you describe what success means to you? And how is it factored in your everyday life of just building a business? So success um and i i know i keep on overusing these names but uh i really like what les brown said he said he found what he loved to do and then found people who would pay him to do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like that's is literally that simple if i mean if you the success is uh you, if you're a school teacher and every single day you're changing the lives of, of students in your classrooms, that's a success. If you are um, a uh, engineer and you're, you're innovating uh, different things at your job and you're considered the face of your company on a continuous basis as far as progress is concerned, then that's a success. Success really doesn't have anything to do with money. It has to do with do you feel complete? Like when you go to a particular place or you do a certain thing mm-hmm. every single day, do you feel good about doing that? Um, you know, like how I said, you know, my motivation is get out mm-hmm. <laughs> with my job. That's yeah. obviously that's obviously not my calling. Yeah. Um, you know, so success is doing what you love to do 
and knowing that you're fulfilling why you're here in the first place. Perfect. Love that definition. Right. It's very simple. It's not as hard as many people would think, but everybody has a different definition. And that's, yeah. I think that's, that one is, is absolutely resonates with me. Um, and lastly, can you share something? Um, can you, I'm sorry, what advice can you share with the audience for uh, someone just starting out? What advice can you give? So my biggest advice, and I still struggle with this too, um, whether it's sales, um, like you're a salesperson working for a company or you're trying to sell a product or anything like that, just be okay with the fact that majority of people are going to hate what you have. I mean, it, it is. It, I, I mean, I, I cannot even believe how many people despise people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, and they have done so much for civilization as a whole, and people still hate them, right? Mm -hmm. So if people hate them, you don't think they're going to hate you too? There's going to be something about you. And sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them, their own struggle that they're going through. And the easiest way to get over their own struggle is to put you down, all right? Mm -hmm. so, that, so that's the first step. But don't be additional reinforcement for that negative behavior, because then when your product is not selling right away, it's like, well, this is stupid. I'm going to move on. Obviously, I'm, I'm at a standstill. Tyler Perry was doing Medea for what? For seven, eight years yeah. with the same 30 people showing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. I mean, J.K. JK Rowling went to 12 publishers. They all said, this looks stupid. And number 13 said, we'll take a bet on you. And now she, we all know who she is. Yeah. Household like mo name. Most people at publisher number five would have been like, obviously my book is stupid. At, at, at publisher number 10, they would have said, I am truly a failure. Mm -hmm. But I think if she had to go to 67, she would have gone to 67. My point in bringing that up is to keep on going because you just never know when your time is it's kind of like um uh i like how steve harvey put it you put you put your dream into the universe and the higher power never lets you know when the package arrives just like ups or fedex or anything like that you have an idea mm -hmm. but you don't really know when it's gonna arrive right mm -hmm. so Keep on going regardless of any type of barriers or struggles that you deal with because eventually your package will arrive to the right destination. No, thank you for that and for sharing your story today. This has been amazing. Can you let people know where to find you? Yeah, you can uh, follow me at JLR the author. Uh, that is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can also email me um, if you just want to talk about whether it's 105 Publishing or I just like having conversations in general. Um, you can email me at jlrtheauthor at gmail.com. My website is jlrainer, R-A-Y-N-O-R, theauthor.com. And uh, yeah, those are the best ways to get to me. 
Perfect. I'll be sure to include those links in the show notes. Cool. So thank you again for that. Um, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment with your thoughts. Thanks again, Jason, for being here today. And thanks everyone for listening. Until next time.